Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It is time for Sunday Morning Alive right here on our website. Once again, I want to thank you for taking time in the busyness of these times that we're living in. So many disturbing things are occurring, so many distractions, so many discouragements. We need instruction from the Word of God of God. And I'm so glad today to bring a message to you that I believe that is from the heart of God. You know why? Because it's in the Word of God. And all Scripture, both Old and New Covenant, Old and New Testament, all Scripture is inspired of God. Hallelujah. So we're in the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh, and God wants to speak to you and me through His Word and by His Spirit today. I want to hear what the Spirit says to the church. I just don't want to hear just anything that someone has come up with uh, to kind of make me feel emotionally uh, better for a little while. I want the true, absolute spiritual peace and joy that will reflect a different kingdom today than the kingdoms of this old fallen world. How about you? Praise God. That's why we're going to talk to you about the certain path to true peace today. Amen. The certain path to true peace. I believe God is going to use His peace ruling and reigning in our minds and lives in the midst of the chaos of this world in the midst of man's systems shaking and failing in the midst of that that feeling of uncertainty that is per- pervasive globally all around the world the psychologists and sociologists call it anticipatory anxiety. We don't know what the next crisis is going to be. The future is, is, is not set in stone. It's, it's up. It's fluid. It, it could get worse. It could go this way. It could go that way. Wars, rumors of wars, <laughs> distress of nations with perplexity, marking the end times. When we have peace because we know what the future holds, because we know who holds the future. Hallelujah. And we know, amen, that Jesus coming is very, very near. And we know, amen, that we are kept by the power of God until that day occurs. And we know there is a peace of his presence fulfilling his promise to never leave us that is going to take us through these very perilous times. And when we reflect that peace to this world, it is something that money and riches and fame and fortune cannot buy. The marketplace, number one, doesn't have it to sell. And therefore, there's not enough money in all the world to buy it. But we have it in Jesus Christ. Praise God. So if you have your Bible, I want you to turn with me back initially to Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 16. And I want to talk to you out of this verse going forward, the certain path to true peace. Jeremiah 6.16 says, Thus saith the Lord, 
Stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask for the old paths. Now, I want to stop right here. This is going back to the Word of God. This is going back to the foundation stones of the faith. This is going back to to the doctrine of the apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. Amen. This is going back, not going forward in the sense of a progression away from the fundamental foundational truths of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, friend of mine, there is a new age gospel that fits in to a new age world view, amen, that is comfortable with the world and the world is comfortable with it because it's all about the material at the expense of the spiritual and eternal, the the material and the temporal replacing the spiritual and the eternal. Obedience is not the the vanguard, the 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 absolute uh, uh, standard that is set for the new gospel. It's not following Jesus with a new moral code, with a new attitude toward life that says, I'm not going to compromise my faith. I'm not going to make concessions to the devil. In fact, I'm going to crucify my flesh and take up my cross and I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm not going to follow what's trending. I'm going to follow what's true. Amen. That's why this pathway needs to be asked for. And that's why when I hear about progressive churches today. I don't mean progressing from that same old song sung in the same old tempo, the same old way. Amen. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about calling themselves progressive because we are leaving the fundamentals of the faith and we're adopting all kinds of new age ideologies and philosophies and trying to incorporate it into the Christian faith and it will it's oil and water these are kingdoms that are so diametrically opposed to one another they will not mix and that's a good thing <laughs> in fact that's a god thing and ancient israel was called to stand in the way and see and ask for the old paths where is the good way and walk therein and you shall find now in the old tried and true path, not in the new <laughs> experimental uh, programs uh, and processes. Uh, this is where true peace is. It's in taking up your cross and following Jesus. It's in denying yourself, not indulging yourself. It's finding contentment in Christ, not in all the things that you can accumulate in the material world. It's putting the kingdom first in your life. <laughs> Hallelujah. And taking no thought for what you shall eat or drink or wear or be clothed. For all these things the Gentiles or those outside the covenant, those those who don't know, 
the benefits and blessing of the kingdom of God. That's what they're seeking. That's what they're selling their soul for. We need those things to live in this world till Christ comes. But he said, if we would put the kingdom first, all these things, and his righteousness, all these things will be added to us. He knows what you need. He'll, he will, he will, he will grant unto us all of those things that we need to live here till he comes. But he will also grant unto us the peace of being truly right with him and developing a new mindset a new value system. Praise God. Listen, a contemporary version reads, So now the Lord says, Stop right where you are. Look for the old godly way and walk in it. Travel its path and you will find rest for your soul. But you reply, No, that's not the road we want. And I want to stop right here when it says we will not walk therein in the King James. We want something new. We want something different. We want something that accommodates our our value system, which reflects the world we live. And friend, there are a lot of trends toward the 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 value system of the world trying to incorporate it into into our our doctrines and our theologies today. Friend, it's like oil and water. They will not mix with the kingdom of God. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. <laughs> Hallelujah. It is righteousness. And it is peace. And it is joy in the Holy Ghost. Man's search for peace within has taken many turns down through the centuries. Even in ancient Israel a culture so rich in the revelation of God's holy standards, a culture so schooled by the patriarchs and prophets in God's eternal guidelines to live pleasing to their God and at peace with themselves. They left the old proven paths and they went their own way. At the time of this writing, false prophets had promised a false peace. And Jeremiah was sent to call them back to the old paths that lead to true peace. You know, something about the end times, the Bible said that the Spirit speaketh expressly that some shall depart from the faith. You can see this occurring today, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. I'm going to tell you something about the devil. He's not going to emphasize anything eternal and anything spiritual. He's going to emphasize the temporal and the material. Amen. When the Holy Spirit goes to work, He's going to take the emphasis off of the temporal and material and place it squarely on the spiritual and the eternal. You see, friend, with all the modern advancements in our 21st century culture, with its New Age teachings, its new world order and worldview, its new approach to education, its new definition of family, its new morality of situation ethics, with all its intellectuals and self-help gurus, and there are a, a myriads of them, Peace still eludes modern 
man. Ah, in ancient Israel, we just like them are at a crossroad. We can continue to find new ways to try to cope with the pressure of living in a sin-sick world, or we can choose the God-given path to true peace. Words like godliness, holiness, sanctification seem outdated and irrelevant to the new gospel. They involve an attitude, you see, of submission to God's commands. They still lead, though, to rest for the soul. Look with me at Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. Jesus says these words, Come unto me, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy, <laughs> and my burden is light. Hallelujah. Christ's great call and challenge begins with, Come unto me. You see, dear friends, sin is still the issue, and Jesus Christ is still the answer. There's a wonderful release when the burden of guilt and sin is removed from us. And the tension between a holy God who cannot abide our sin gives way to sweet peace and acceptance. This is an ancient path, but it is the only path to true peace. Peace with God and the peace of God. John fourteen six. Jesus said unto him, I am the way the truth, and the life. Amen. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. By me. This, this statement Jesus made, I am the way, in the Greek is hod us. Hod us. It means a traveled way. It means a road. It means a pathway. You see, Jesus is the pathway to peace with God. Christ is the bridge that spans the awful gap between God and fallen man. He is the truth and He is the life. He's the only path to God. So Jesus cries, Come unto me and I will give you rest. So the first step on the path to peace is to come to Christ. He's the only way to God. He is the way to eternal life. He's the way to heaven. And His rest is not just temporal. His rest is eternal. Here's where Christ is leading you and I to in this time of tumult and this time of great trouble. We don't need a new gospel, friend. We need to get back to the tried and true, to the original Amen. Jesus not only says, come unto me, and I'll give you peace. He says, come unto me, take my yoke upon you, and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in spirit, and you will find rest for your souls. The first call is the call to salvation. The second call is the call to discipleship. The call to follow Christ. Taking his yoke is a symbol and it's a symbolic expression. It means submit to me and become my disciple. 
The yoke here is a symbol of the condition of servitude. Listen to 1 Timothy 6 and verse 1. Let as many servants that are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor, that the name of God and His doctrine be not blasphemed. If we're to count our earthly, earthly, uh, 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 earthly masters, our bosses, our 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 law officials, if we if we're to count them, if we're under the yoke of service to them, and recognizing them as over us, Amen. That we we're not lawless people. How much more should we take Christ's yoke and become a true follower of Jesus, not just a follower in name only? The name Christian implies, amen, that we're becoming more like Jesus Christ, not just identifying with a, with a, a religious system, but with a person to whom we have devoted our life. We're taking his yoke on us. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let me define yoke to you real quick while we have a little bit of time right now. That when we see a yoke, we think of oxen with a yoke of oxen, and 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 we're going to put our head in one of those double yokes. You know that one. You see two ox with a wooden and they around their neck and the wood across their back, and they're pulling this cart together. And you know, I'm not pulling this cart alone. I'm taking his yoke, and we're no. That's not the yoke he's talking about. The yoke he's talking about was also of wood, but it was something put around a sheep's neck. It's when I took my dog to the vet uh, and, and had something removed from him, a tumor removed from him. They didn't want him licking it and, and, and opening where it was stitched and scratching. So they put a cone around him so he couldn't get back to that. This wasn't a cone around the neck. This was a yoke. It, it, let me picture it this way. Take a big bow for a bow and arrow and, ta- and take another bow and strap them together and pull them apart and put it around the neck of a sheep that was always getting out of the pasture, always going its own way and endangering itself because it was, it was getting out out of, out from under the purview of the of the shepherd's watch care over it where a lion could take it a wolf could take it a bear could take it it could fall off a precipice it could absolutely fall down and couldn't get back up take my yoke upon you for i'm meek and lowly in spirit my yoke what was his yoke i'll tell you what it is in the volume of the book it is written christ said i came to do thy will O god and when push came to shove in the garden of gethsemane he said not my will but thy will be done if there's any other way let the cup pass but nevertheless see this this commitment to obey his father is the yoke we're talking about your and i commitment to obey god to follow christ's example is our yoke and it's in that that commitment and that devotion that the tension between us and god gives way to peace and power to overcome praise god the yoke is a symbol 
and the condition of our servitude. And God is looking for servants today. God is looking for disciples to follow His Son today. The original gospel required a full-blown, all-out commitment to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And it produced harmony and fellowship, no tension between God's will and our will, resulting in rest for our soul, a sweet satisfaction and a sublime peace. It's a surrender, dear friend, that brings serenity. It is a rest for our soul. You see, a disciple in the biblical sense doesn't just mean knowing what his master teaches. It's becoming what his master is. A true disciple is like a branch on a vine. He lives in vital union with Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's why in John 15, Jesus said, I'm the true vine. My father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he, he taketh away. But every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it might bring forth even more fruit today. Jesus is the true vine. You see, we don't need a new or different gospel. We simply need to get back to the foundational truths and fundamental principles of the original The old pathway, it's all about Jesus, and it's all about following Him. Hallelujah. I like what someone has said about Jesus. Jesus is the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He is the keeper of creation, and He is the creator of all. He's the architect of the universe and the manager of all times. He always was always is, and He always will be, unmoved, unchanged, undefeated, never undone. He was bruised and brought healing. He was pierced and eased pain. He was persecuted and brought freedom. He was dead and brought life. He is risen and brings power. He reigns and brings peace. The world can't understand Him. The armies can't defeat Him. The schools can't explain Him. And the politicians can't ignore Him. Herod couldn't kill Him. The Pharisees couldn't confuse Him. And the people couldn't hold Him. Nero couldn't crush him. The New Age can't replace him. And the TV talk shows can't explain him away. He is light, love, longevity, and Lord. He is goodness, kindness, gentleness, and very God. He is holy, righteous, mighty, powerful, and pure. His ways are right. His word is eternal. His will is unchanging. His mind is on me. He's my Redeemer. He's my Savior. He's my guide. He's my peace. He's my joy. He's my comfort. He's my Lord, and He rules my life. I serve Him because His bond is love. His burden is light, (laughs) and His goal for me is an abundant life. I follow Him because His wisdom is wise. Hallelujah. When I fall, 
He lifts me up when I fail. He forgives when I'm weak. He is strong. When I'm lost, He is the way. When I'm afraid, He's my courage. When I stumble, He steadies me. When I'm hurt, He heals me. When I'm broken, He mends me. When I'm blind, He leads me. When I'm hungry, He feeds me. When I face trials, He's with me. When I face persecution, He shields me. When I face problems, He comforts me. When I face loss, He provides for me. When I face death, He carries me home. He is more than I ever wanted. He's better than I ever dreamed of. He's more beautiful than I ever imagined. He's more than I ever hoped for. He's everything for everybody, everywhere, every time and in every way. He is God and He is faithful. I am His and He is mine. (laughs) My Father in heaven can whip the father of this world. So if you're wondering why I feel so secure, understand this. He said it and that settles it. God is in control He is on my side, and I'm on His side. That means that all is well with my soul. Every day is a blessing because God is with me. Oh, friend, when you get that, when we go back to Jesus and Him crucified, that's why Paul said, I don't want to progress beyond this great truth ever. I don't want to know anything among you, but Jesus and Him crucified. But Jesus and Him crucified. Why? Because the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But to us who are saved, Paul said, it is the power of God unto salvation. And may I add today, It is also the peace of God that will cause us to rest in Him when all the world about us is filled with fear and consternation. And it will set us apart and it will showcase a different kingdom. A kingdom that brings righteousness. A kingdom that because of being truly right with God brings a peace that passes all understanding. And being right with God allows for a fellowship with Him so that in His presence there's fullness of joy. At His right hand are pleasures forevermore. Ah, I wouldn't give the pleasure of knowing Christ, of fellowshipping with Him for all the pleasures of sin that are only for a season and can never truly satisfy the deep longings of our soul. Today, if you're a Christian, don't follow the new and improved so-called gospel. There's nothing better than Jesus. Never will be, never can be. He's all-sufficient. Hallelujah. Let's go back to Christ. Let's go back to the cross. Let's take up our cross. Let's go back to denying ourselves in order to follow Him and finding true peace and joy instead of indulging ourselves 
and being as frustrated and empty as the world is. Looking for love in all the wrong places. Friend of mine, if you don't know Jesus today, you can have this precious peace. You can know this precious person. Your sins can be forgiven. You can know true fellowship with God and with Jesus. And you can be ready for His coming. And you can live in hope instead of fear in these last perilous times. And you can be ready for the coming of Jesus. And you can be ready for the kingdom of God to break upon this world and be part of it. Come to Christ. Run to Christ. And never, ever look back or go back in Jesus' name.